0: Hi guys, welcome to History of a Haunting. We are your hosts. My name is Carrie Hopper.
1: And I am Archie Bass.
0: And please give a warm welcome to our live, somewhat interactive studio audience, my mom, Dancy Hopper. Hello. So this episode we're going to
1: focus on Fort Knox in Maine. So at the time of the Revolutionary War, Maine was a territory. It was covered basically by the armies in Massachusetts.
0: Is this where all of the gold
1: is stored? No, that's in Kentucky. In fact, there's three Fort Knox, and all of them are named after Henry Knox, who was the Continental Army's chief of artillery during the Revolutionary War and the country's first secretary of the war. Oh, okay. A repeated Hamilton. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Tater. Repeated humiliations of Maine at the hands of the British during the American Revolution and the War of 1812 Began a post-war movement for Maine's statehood which occurred in 1820 Now what I mean what I mean by repeated humiliations of Maine Is the fact that the British would go up the Penobscot River to Bangor and loot the town Oh, like constantly two or three times this happened.
0: They were a little bitter that we
1: yeah looting and pillaging um, which began, basically, everybody really pissed off at the British, as you were at that time. Right, yeah. Um,
0: Not big fans.
1: So, essentially, this led to the... make. Well, okay, here's... The thing. <laughs> <laughs> I take terrible notes. All right. Notes. <laughs> I'll be straight with you here. I'll be straight with you here. I take terrible <laughs> notes. Um, so... The location of Maine, it was protected by Massachusetts warships. Okay. So that enabled the British to invade Bangor all the time because Bangor was the, I can't believe I didn't write that down. Bangor was the lumber capital of the world at the time. Really? Yeah. Just because of Maine's untouched wilderness and forestry. Of the world? Lumber of the world.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: So the Brits had a lot to gain by raping and pillaging this town. So... Raping? Raping? I, I <laughs> would believe that to be a thing. Because not only were colonists there, there were Native American tribes living as well.
0: Oh, uh, okay.
1: So, and we all know how the Natives were treated. So, later on, after the Maine statehood, um, border incursions by neighboring Canadian lumbermen led to an undeclared confrontation called the Aroostook War from 1838 to 1839. These events led to the building of the fort in 1844. The Penobscot River location was chosen due to a hard bend in the river, a high bluff in its proximity to Bangor. And as I said before, at the time, Bangor was the lumber capital of the world, therefore a vital economic interest.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: The fort was built between 1844 and 1869 when funding was withdrawn by Congress. It's the first fort in Maine to be built entirely of granite. The fort never saw battle, yet was continuously manned during times of war because we had this deep-seated hatred of what the British had done okay. during previous engagements. Continuously manned, anytime um, time there was a war going
0: anytime on. Any time there or was a war going on? Any time there was war going
1: on, there were people there. Okay. Been, sometimes two people, sometimes 200. Okay. And they would all stay And then probably the fort. like
0: like a skeleton crew in, when there wasn't a exactly. war. Okay, okay.
1: Um, the fort was declared an excess property by the government in 1923 and was purchased by the state of Maine for $2,121. It has been administered as a state historic site since 1943. The fort is currently open seasonal hours, May 1st through October 31st, 9 a.m. to sunset, and the last few weeks of October is spent celebrating right at the fort, in which the fort is transformed into a giant haunted house. Is that one?
0: <laughs> and now let me tell you why. <laughs> exactly. So, um. So, as you mentioned, the um, fort was built with granite instead of wood, and granite is typically believed to be a good conductor for paranormal activity. Uh, granite, limestone, things of these of this nature are generally considered to be higher in. The, Geomagnetic and electromagnetic fields. So really good um, conductors of paranormal activity. More so than wood? Yes. Yes. So only one death was reported at the site because, as you mentioned, there weren't any real like battles happening mm-hmm. within the fort, or maybe, maybe within the fort, but <laughs> not that the fort was a part of in all of the different wars. So it's actually kind of interesting because there was only one death reported in the fort, that it's as haunted as it is. It is considered to be one of the top ten haunted military forts in the country, and, but she asked earlier how many forts there are in the country, so if we can Google search that, and I'll just insert it into the... The answer
1: to that question is a whole fucking lot.
0: Wow, uh, that's one of my favorite units yes. of counting, as um, a whole fucking lot.
1: You'll look as I scroll, it lists them by state.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Hundreds. Wow. That's just to Massachusetts alone. When I say the answer is a whole fucking lot, there's, this is just...
0: Do you, want, do you want us to wait while you count? Or No. no, this, no is <laughs> just,
1: this is just Nebraska. Just through Nebraska. Oh, wow. That's
0: Nebraska. And these are active military forts. Yes. All right, I want to give a quick shout out to anybody in the military listening to this. Sorry, we are so dumb. That we don't know. that There are like a thousand forts around the country. And this is all branches of military.
1: This is all a list of forts in the United States, according to Wikipedia.
0: Okay, so being able to say that they're considered to be one of the top ten most haunted forts in the country is actually saying something. Well, I suppose not all of them.
1: This list is huge and separated by era.
0: By era? Yes. yes. That's interesting. If you guys want to know which forts are in what states, go to Wikipedia. That's where Archie is at right now, and it literally lists every single fort and its current status. It's actually pretty cool. Now, this fort um, has a couple of different types of hauntings, and by that I mean they have residual haunts and they have intelligent haunts. Um, Real quick, residual haunts... A residual haunt is considered to be activity that's on a loop, so you can kind of picture like a recording.
1: Somebody so into their routine it continues after they die?
0: Yes, essentially. Um, it, the theory is that basically energy from a traumatic event is trapped at the location, and it will replay a certain moment from the traumatic event over and over. Not solely, I mean... Because some people are just, like, walking. Some spirits you you have heard will just, like, walk the same route through a house over and over and over again. Anytime you see this apparition, they're just basically walking up the stairs, walking into a room. That's the only thing. A residual haunt will never interact with you, it'll never acknowledge you, and it will not react to any changes in its environment. So if you... Um, if you have a location that's been renovated and maybe they've knocked out a wall where there once was a, was a, they've knocked out a section where there once was a door and they've completely walled that up, the goes will walk through the wall because on the loop that it's playing, there used to be a door mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now an intelligent haunt, um, those are the ones that are a spirit of a once living human who can understand and has a personality These types of haunts will respond to changes in its environment. Um, Moving furniture, renovating, or construction of any kind will not, I mean, it will react to that. And it will be aware of such changes in its environment. These types of haunts will interact and communicate with you and have been known to move objects. So anyway, the distinction is important because one of the first ghosts that I'm going to talk about that is believed to be haunting the fort is considered an intelligent haunt. He is thought to be Ordnance Sergeant Leopold Hegai. I've also heard it pronounced Hegi, so I'm not really sure. His last name is spelled H-E-G-Y-I. But for the purposes of this episode, we're going to call him Leopold. Sup, Leo. Sup, Leo. Um Leo. So anyway, Leo wanders the location in a black duster coat. Apparently, when he was alive, he was once the caretaker of the fort for 13 years. And he actually spent a lot of time alone in the fort, just kind of patrolling it and making sure that people weren't breaking in and things of that nature. So he is believed to still be haunting the fort. And um, you can smell his cherry pipe tobacco reports, which I think is pretty interesting. And he will also ask visitors and investigators who they are and what they're doing there.
1: So now which kind of haunting is he? Intelligent.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. EVPs or electronic voice phenomenon are frequently picked up, um, and they frequently contain unexplained laughter. So now, an EVP is a recording where, when you play it back after afterward, when you play it back, you hear voices or sounds you didn't hear when you were actually recording it. There is another story that a retired New Hampshire state trooper who was visiting the fort reported a white object with no head and no limbs appear in a doorway 15 yards from him. So... An
1: object with no limbs or head?
0: Yeah. So I'm guessing he thought it was just a floating torso if he made the distinction of no head and no limbs. Right. (laughs) Which is just creepy as hell. Um... But anyway, this object, it moved from right to left, and it disappeared into an alley. When he went to go see who it was, no one was there. And he said that it could only have gone into a place where no human could fit. But I'm assuming this is a human with head and legs. Head head and legs. But you can chuck torsos in there. Yeah, torsos will fit in like real nice. There has also been other strange light forms that pass under archways, Apparently, the officer's quarters is a location with frequent activity where people will get touched and objects will get moved. Apparitions of Civil War soldiers are frequently seen, which makes makes sense. sense. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Um, There is an apparition named Mike, and apparently he is uh, (laughs) (laughs) looking at you, DeSimon. He's another popular ghost there. At least there's been a lot of people have... Claimed to have interacted with this ghost named Mike. Um, and Mike apparently touches people and gives commands. Mike. Mike, right? Mike, that's kind of improper. Personal space, buddy. <laughs> so Mike apparently gives commands and tells people to leave. So Mike is also inappropriate <laughs> and kind of pushy and rude. Um, I, When I was re- doing the research on the hauntings at the fort, I saw a video of an investigation where... A person was taking a, a ghost tour, and they were in a location where this mic apparently likes to hang out. And <laughs> the guy got tapped on the shoulder, and the nearest person to him was about four feet away. And it, it's really creepy to watch. The guy was so freaked out that he could hardly move or yeah, speak. Right, and now he haunts the fort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike wants friends. Um, <laughs> he was when you watch it, it, you can very clearly see that the guy was so freaked out that he could hardly move or speak, and he actually looked like he was about to cry because and he was just standing there. And the, the the tour the leader the tour guide was like, "Are, are you okay?" And and he could hardly nod yes. It was really, it was really kind of emotional to watch to see how scared this this guy was. Um, so anyway, that was Mike. Thumbs up, Mike. Good job, Mike. Good job, ah! Mike. You're doing your thing, Mike. Right? How to influence people and make friends, or? <laughs> <laughs> Another tour guide once saw a man in 19th century military uniform within the group that she was taking around. And I guess that wasn't unusual because they do have reenactments
1: and a lot of the staff
0: (laughs) dresses up like exactly, yeah, how to creep out your tour group. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, So she didn't think anything of it because they have these reenactments and staff is frequently dressed in the the, um, military uniform of the day. But a little bit later, the man disappeared and then, after she was done with the tour, she later found out that there were actually no reenactments at the fort that day. So there would have been no reason that anybody would be in 19th century military dress. So, <laughs> creepy. yeah, gross. Um, <laughs> it's very common to feel people staring at you or feel like you're being watched, which even when an actual living human is, is doing that is a really creepy feeling. So <laughs> if you feel that and no one's around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out because Archie didn't say anything He just started laughing Okay Um It's also very common to hear doors slamming in rooms Where the doors are opened And also in rooms where the doors are actually chained open So that they can't shut But hearing slamming doors oh, in those rooms is
1: great. cool. See, I love that shit
0: Yeah, isn't that cool There is a particular creepy area of the fort where the spirits of soldiers are known to favor women, um, women will often, yeah. <laughs>
1: See, Mike's just touching dudes.
0: <laughs> we think Mike's just touching dudes. <laughs> Mike touches dudes. Um, anyway, <laughs> Mike, my, my God, hands God. to yourself, buddy. Um, where the fuck was I? You got off track. I did. Sorry, wondered. sorry, that was me. My bad. Okay. Anyway, so creepy area of the fort where the spirits of soldiers are known to favor women. Um, they touch them, and they actually respond more to questions asked by women. So um, take that for what you will. It is common to see a black to see black apparitions along Two Step Alley. The fort was actually featured on Sci Fi's Ghost Hunters. Um, and on the episode, they caught a weird anomaly on their thermal camera that they couldn't quite explain. And then they also saw something move through their laser grid. And I actually, I've actually seen this episode and that is pretty wild to see. So you're looking at me, mom, like you don't know what a laser grid is. I don't. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) you're right. So basically what a laser grid is and I kind of like, it makes me think of those, um, you know at Christmas when people have those projections on their house? Yeah. It's kind of like that. It's a machine like that and it sets up this like gr- crisscross grid of laser lights. And then if anything walks through it, it distorts the grid so that you know... Oh, something is going through it. Right. And so that's what they caught. They oh, caught man. this something black mass walk through the laser grid. It was wild to see it. So they caught that. Other common experiences are hearing boots walking on hardwood floors. Okay, I mean not hardwood, but wooden floors. Um, being tapped on the shoulder. Uh, commands are often heard, like sit, ten hut, and attention. That's probably my... Cause... Sit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the dogs sit down. Whoa. Right. <laughs> yeah, sit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> For the dog ghosts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can bring your pets, so don't do that. Um, Sit, ten hut, and attention.
1: I'm sorry, I have to interject here. Fort Knox is a dog-friendly fort.
0: Okay, so you can bring your pets, so just...
1: There are some areas they're not permitted, as people are not permitted, but it is a very dog-friendly fort. It's a state park, so please, if you visit, feel free to bring your dogs.
0: That's really cool, and if your dogs sit down for almost no apparent reason... Mike well, is probably Mike barking. Is them <laughs> Mike is probably. Down. Yeah, barking orders. Oh, get it? Barking orders. Oh, Jesus. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, what I saved best for last is there's a well known apparition of a little girl whose name is Elizabeth, and she is often heard crying and looking for her mother. Oh. I know. Yeah. In a fort? Yes. Poor baby. Okay. Um, I think that it's believed that the mother and the little girl were staying there while maybe their her husband was either stationed there or what have you. Like Archie said, it wasn't really used as a as a battle fort. fort. Right, yeah, it wasn't really used as a battle fort. So they think that maybe the little girl and her mother were at some point living at the fort. Um, but anyway, it is claimed that she once put a marble in a man's shirt pocket almost as if to prove that she was actually there. <laughs> so she and Mike are two, oh and Leopold are, are some of the most popular apparitions that, that people have experienced. Most reports are about about those um, about those folks. So anyway, those are the ghosts of Fort Knox, Maine. Um, as Archie said, they do operate a fright um, at the fort. There is a group that runs the fort. It's called Friends of Fort Knox. They also conduct a majority of the ghost tours that are done at the fort, and all of the proceeds go to just kind of keeping and maintaining the fort. Um, They also operate a ghost camp where you can go and spend the night from 7 p.m. to 8 a.m. and investigate the entire fort. It's really cool because they provide sandwiches and a light breakfast, which I think that's neat. Um, You can also book just guided tours with or without soldiers of ghosts accompanying you. Mike might show up. Um, And like I said, with the proceeds going to preserve, that was our ice maker, Um, with the proceeds going to preserve and maintain the fort. So if you guys are ever taking a trip to Maine and you want to check out Fort Knox, you can visit their site at fortknoxmaine.com, or you can give them a call at 207 469 six five five three and then um at, of course we will put photos of the location and a link to their website up on all of our social media
1: if any of you should happen to visit this location which we kind of recommend you do because not only is the fort a sight to behold you can also visit the Penobscot Narrows Bridge oh yeah which is a beautiful cable stayed bridge over the Penobscot River which has a observ- an observatory and the West Tower at the top. It's one of the highest bridge observatories in the world, if I remember correctly. Ooh, really? Like taller yeah. than Tower Bridge in London? Mm-hmm. <gasps> the tower reaches 420 feet into the air no and allows the visitors to view the bridge, the nearby Fort Knox Historic Site, and the Penobscot River. I've read numerous blog, blog articles in researching this that everyone that's gone to visit has said. It's gorgeous view... You can can see for miles. Wow, really? Beautiful. Wow. Um, I think also one of the two, if you pay to visit the fort or pay to visit the bridge, both include the other site. Oh, okay. So it's not only a tourist destination for the history, but also
0: for the future with this beautiful bridge. Wow, okay, that's pretty cool. All right, that's all I have to add. Okay, all right, great. So you can email us your stories if you've been to the location or um, if you're planning to go to the location, email us your stories. Um, Also, again, location suggestions. You can send us an email to hoahpodcast at gmail.com. And please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also at hoahpodcast.
1: As always, please take a moment to leave a review. Let us know what you think. We always want more listeners. You can help contribute to future podcasts just by recommending places
0: you've been, places you've heard about. We just love all that shit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're always looking to improve. So go ahead and send us constructive criticism. Um, And again, as usual, please send all hate mail to Skip Hurst and Q Caswell. So thanks again, guys. We will see you in the next episode um you guys have anything else to add what's the next episode you're gonna have to wait and find out (laughs) there you have that all right bye guys thanks bye